Ooh. I like that exercise you showed me. It's really helped my hips. So thank you. Ah, you're welcome. You did it again. Thank you. Yeah, it's really great. Hello. 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 I'd like to welcome everybody to the something like the 43rd week of Radiant Joy Brilliant Love Study Group. We've been cruising through a lot of territories. And on the one hand, I feel really glad about how far we've come and the breadth and depth of the conversations that we've been having. And at the same time, I feel frustrated because we're not already done through the book, got all the tools and distinctions and can use them in our conversations with each other. So I'm thinking we just start all over again at page one after we get to the end of the book and have the next level conversations. So something like that. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm, I was so excited last week because there was this spontaneous space of people sharing discoveries or new experiences or people who haven't been here before just turning on the microphone and saying hi, where you're calling from, how you discovered this space and some things like that. So I'd like to open the space for that kind of introduction or hello saying or sharing stuff. So if you wanna, you wanna go ahead, just turn your mic on and go for it. I would like to. Hola. Hello. <laughs> Yes, I just wanted to share that I was so angry and afraid and sad after the last time that I didn't say anything, that my granddad won the fight not to speak here. So that's the only reason I wanted to be first today in saying something. Thank you. Thank you. 
I'm sorry if you couldn't hear me before. I had the headphone jack still in, so you're being picking me up through the microphone from the headphone jack. So it was probably not very loud before. So thank you, Carola, for using your gremlin to transform your gremlin. This is high-level fun stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Carola, so, so wait. So now that you spoke first, what is it that you really want to say? My aim was just to speak first. I I have nothing concrete. Yes, I have some some a lot of thank yous because I thank for the song, which I was listening to the whole week. I like it so much. The keep going on song. Um, thank you for putting online the uh, processes you're making, because I always had an idea of how it feels to be angry, how it feels to be sad, but not really. Fear is my big thing in life. And when I saw Aunt Chloe, I, I got an idea of how fear could look like because I'm not that advanced in possibility management. And yeah, thank you for that very much. You're welcome. Um, I also awesome. want to thank people who are participating in the program of letting the sessions be recorded and shared with other people. Nicole just did one also that had a lot of fear in it. So if you want to see some amazing fear, check out Nicole's okay. session. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Hello, Marek Merlo. Hello. Yes, my name is Marek. Your name is Marek? Yes. Where are you um, calling from? I'm calling from Freiburg in Germany, in the south. Um, maybe you can see a little bit of the mountains behind me. <laughs> yeah. And I got here um, through Vera, I'd say. Through Vera and Kian, who's also here. Um, I was visiting the Rage Club of Vera. Yeah, and I'm very thankful to have learned that and um, to find my way into possibility management. And I'm excited to see what's happening. All right, well, you're staring down face to face 28 possibility managers right here in this space. So you can, you can witness what happens in these kinds of spaces and participate. There's a there's so many ways to participate. So Rage Club, online Rage Club, possibility teams. It looks like Naomi put her hand up there. Welcome. Welcome, Marek. Hello, Mark. Welcome. <clears throat> I'm staying with Michelle, which is incredibly nice. It's so beautiful to know people from screens and then know them for real. So I'm in Puerto Morelos and I want to share an experience that, um, that I, something that I did yesterday. There is, a little, there is a little movie that is three minutes and 21 seconds long on YouTube. If you want to find it, you put Piper Disney or Piper short movie. And it's about this little bird that is on the beach and then he goes out for food and then he gets squashed by a wave and then he's afraid to go out and he hides. And every time that the wave comes, he goes like, oh. 
And then at some point he changes his mind and he goes like, <gasps> like he gets angry basically, no? And then he dares to go out and then he has a lot of fun and he's very happy. And it's like the cutest movie ever. And yesterday I was outside on um, square in Puerto Morelos and there was a little nine-year-old girl that became my friend and who wanted to do circus things. So we were stretching and doing things. And then a few boys came and she couldn't continue because she felt ashamed. She said, I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling uh, like shy. So then I showed her the movie and afterwards I asked her, so the bird was afraid. And at this moment, and I paused the video in the face of the bird and I said, what is the bird feeling now? And she said, she's, if there's only four feelings and I named them and she said, yeah, anger. And then I said, okay, great, close your eyes and imagine the feeling of anger it's you know you don't use anger to hurt people but imagine the feeling of anger because this is your strength and then she imagined it and i told her to make it bigger and then she opened her eyes and her eyes were blazing and then from then on she just did whatever she wanted and she was even showing off to the guys like it didn't matter anymore it was just incredible it was such a beautiful beautiful thing so i'm really like excited to keep experimenting in this way. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, thank you. Nice. Speaking of screens turning into real life, Dora and I met in person for the first time and it was magical. And we walked eight miles together on the beach as our, as our initiation into relationship, real life relationship. And it was, Really beautiful. Yeah. I'm Way sad cool. that he's not here, but uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, thank you. Laughing door. <laughs> <laughs> the door's in Costa Rica now. Yay. You know, we had, just before the COVID started, we, um, with the help of um, Debbie Sugarman in the United States, we created a platform called Possibility Couch Surfing. And it, the idea was exactly this, exactly. It's like, hey, who can, I, I'm gonna go somewhere. I, can I come with you? It's like, and so we're actually doing it. This is actually happening. So I wanted to bring people's attention to the website and it has an associated Facebook page, which I have not looked at recently, but that is the living part of the platform where people can interact with each other, leave messages, communicate, arrange, things like that. So I, I wanted you to know that platform is up it was starting to work and then the whole COVID thing came, but you know, we're doing it anyway. So I think that well, is amazing. I want to I get ahead of the platform and say that we're here in the center where there's a lot of space and it's a month before ETB here in Costa Rica. And I'd love for you all to come and live with me for a month. And I can't offer for free, but if you come for a month, it won't be very expensive and we can all create magic together that would that would make me really happy wow great reach out to me after we could talk cool thanks jeff and i'm here too so the same as jeff said for sure reach out to us we will be delighted to have you here and that clinton i also wanted to mention that it made me feel so much joy to see Anna Chloe's message with you guys, uh, with Patricio and um, 
offering this uh, emotional healing processes and to be recorded. So I think I'm I'm thinking about the recorded the recording part because that's the only one that brought fear to me. But I'm speaking with Patricio and I would like to do one with him and uh, maybe reach out to you as well for another one. Thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I, we've we've been doing. Thank you, Giselle. We've been. I've been uh, since we started doing labs twenty years ago. I wanted to set up a special uh, training space in which there were invisible camera lenses <clears throat> that we could focus on these processes because so many miracles happened so regularly, like impossible to believe, and they were each one unique and each, there's no method, but the space of possibility, it just, it really works. And people have no conception of that in ordinary life. So we just, I was, you know, we didn't have 10 million to put together to build up this center, but with the online processes that we finally realized you push one button and you can record the session, you see both people's faces and their hands and the movements and sometimes even lay down on the couch and do some rage work or something. And it's all visible. You can see both the trainer holding space, the possibility coach and the client. And it's so informative. So I'm really glad we figured this out and I'm really glad anybody wants to participate in that. And we have six and possibly seven possibility coaches uh, uh, ready to do this. So thanks, take advantage of it. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. I also, hi. Hello, I also Juan. want to, Kian, oh yeah, it's, Kian. it's still written and big. It's Kian, yes. Um, I just also want to say hi in this space and thank you very much for what you're doing. Um, I listened to, in the last two weeks, maybe five, I feel like every morning I listen to the recordings of the last calls and it is already transforming my perception of myself and life. And it's really beautiful. I feel very happy to found this space. Um, and yeah, I'm here through also kind of through Vera, through Brian. Um, we, Marek and Brian and me and Ingrid also actually and Joseph, we did the Rage Club together. And it was really nice and I'm really looking forward to dive deep. I, I just want to soak up all this amazing um, knowledge, this, I don't know, the quality, how you also hold space, Clinton. It's really touching me deeply. And I'm, yeah, thankful to be here. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. I just, I would like to say again, how important it is people's questions in this space, sharing and questions and really, you know, especially when anything happens that anybody does that shocks you or that you don't understand, like that's the time to ask the question. And it's, and it's okay to just say, hey, this just happened. I, I, I have, I'm having some kind of emotional re reactivity about it. I don't, I don't get it could you just explain this or can we dive into this deeper or what's really going on or something like this and just open up the space when, when something comes up for you like that, because it's just helpful for everybody. And I, I need to tell you that that's where, that's where this book came from. Book came from the research 
that, that we did in labs and in personal small groups, possibility teams. That's where this stuff came from. And there's lots of books cooking. In fact, there are people on this group here right now in the middle of writing books. I just want to check who's who's still act who's still in this process of writing books, who's engaged in that. There's a Nicole, I see Ingrid. Uh, Carola, you put your hand up. What does that mean? That means you're writing a book. Who knows? Who else? Ethna, did you put your hand up? Yes. <laughs> I what? didn't, but I've been thinking about it. Yeah, so so we could tell. Ethna, what's the title of your book? It hasn't revealed itself to me yet. If it did, like in this moment, like right in this moment, what would it be? Oh. Hmm. Something having to do with the sea, something about the ocean, moving water, waves and change. Moving water, thank you. Uh, and Kay, you have a book going on? I have <clears throat> several articles that I hope someday to make into a book, yes. Great, and Mark, I saw your hand up. The title is, If Water Could Walk. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the outline is forming at this point. Ethna, Mark, is this Ethna's book or is this your book? It's my book. Okay, so well, if she Ethna. Get in on it, she could. Okay, all right. This sounds pretty close. If water could walk, this is great. And Scott, your book, how's that going? Yeah, it's going okay. I, I have a rough first draft, and I'm committed to polishing up that rough first draft by the end of this month. What's the title of it, Scott? Guardians of Indigenous Essence. Thank you. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Leslie, and you? I was, um, I was cheering on Scott. I just wrote an article. I wrote my I first like article just now. And it's called... Um, it is called... What, what I hunger for in being a trainer, becoming a trainer. Thank you. Yay. I'm <laughs> in the middle of re-going over a poetry collection that I'm planning to publish, which is called The Coalescence. Coalescence. Nice. Yay. All right. <clears throat> yes, uh, just uh, there was a book recently published by Patricia Patz called Gefühle, which means feelings in German, and it's only available in German, but since I have uh, Google Translate, you know, I can snag the good part of it out of that, and I wrote a, a review, a book review for the book, and so if um, if you get inspired, like if you would like, I don't know, I think it really helps to just add up book reviews on the people on the different platforms around. So as soon as I wrote my, my book review on Amazon, 
Germany, I found three other platforms that, that could take that. I just copy pasted, but it was not, they were not using the Amazon review. So I could actually put three, three additional copies of my review all over. So now all over Germany, there's a, a new book review for me about the book in Germany. So if you just ever feel like in being feeling good about yourself, like if you, if for some reason you need to feel good about yourself, go write an amazing book review of somebody else's book. And then, and then it'll just make you feel great. I mean, I've been feeling great for two days just because of that. Oh yeah. Well, all right. Anything else from anybody else right now before we jump in? Yeah, I uh, back to the theme that Ethna and Mark um, were touching on. My book is called Jelly Girl and Her Skeleton, an allegory of having a ferocious set of bones. And I'm looking for, I want, I want it to be illustrated and I suck at illustrating. So if anyone knows someone who they think could like make visual art out of this idea of this jelly girl eventually having a skeleton, like what does that even look like before she has it? So if you know artists, please send them to me. Cool, it looks like Jeff has got somebody. Cool, great. And Janet, I wanted to check in with you. How, you're, you seem like a book writer to me, so what are you up to? Well, I, I started a podcast, because that's easier for now. And I have about three or four episodes done, and it's basically, it's called um, A Human Experience. Mm -hmm. And it's my attempt to show up um, it's also, it's going to be visual and audio, but the audio will be the podcast and the visual I'll just post on my YouTube channel. But it's about me being really present in that moment and going through like what's happening inside and then just as it grows out and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and, and being super present in that moment for people to hear. And I think the biggest thing that came up, because I don't know what's going to come up, was this really deep uh, belief that even though in that moment it may seem that I'm alone, I'm not. And that everyone that will hear this is with me in that moment. And then everyone that is hearing it is with everyone else that's also will hear it. And that I'm with them when they're listening to it. And this just collective presence that's always there. Like we're never truly alone. And, um, that's what's coming really strong and I think it's speaking to those who often feel in which there's a lot of loneliness right now like where they can not only experience it with my words but they actually can experience it energetically in a really powerful way so that's that's what's showing up and it's it's moved me deeply thank you for saying all that there's a a little experiment you could try. I was just trying it recently, which is get yourself into a nice warm bed and, and we're in a quiet room, pretty much nothing is going on. And close your eyes, and but you're not going to sleep. You're laying there 
it's like a, almost like a sensory deprivation tank. You know, it's a quiet room. You're laying down in this soft, warm place. Nobody else right there. And you just sit there. And then the experiment is assume that you were, that that's it. Assume that that's what you get to explore as your life. You know, what I discovered was when I did that is I started noticing, and it's all dark and nothing's happening, it seems like, but I just started noticing a whole other dimension of what's going on inside of myself or what's, what's, uh, what's moving, you know, what's moving inside of me or what's, what, what, you know, I'm walking around inside of this space basically with my attention. What is attention? And how do I move my attention from this to that? And what if there's nothing to put my attention on? Well, I can still put my attention on my attention. Ah, now. And then I put my attention on my attention and all of a sudden I can find out what my purpose is. And there's all this stuff going on that most of us, that is going on all the time but I just wasn't noticing it to that level of intensity before. And so I would encourage you since we have these, this private time with lockdown or wherever in situations is to just make this assumption, that's all I get. This is all I get. You know, and some people, you know, you have to have the radio on the television on, you have to have sucking on some kind of candy and listening to the radio and being in some kind of low drama with somebody out there in order just to feel alive you know, just like have some kind of accident where you have pain about something or some illness where you have to feel this intensity of suffering or pain just to feel alive. And what I'm saying is, is like, is there's, there's so much more going on that if, if you take the time to go into this dark, empty, nothingness space inside yourself and assume that's all you get, all of a sudden you discover faculties of awareness and discovery that might not have, have noticed so much before. So I'm, I'm interested if other people try this, what you find out, we can talk about it next week if anybody tries that out. I love that you say that because I kind of do that all the time. And I, I find it such an intimate thing to do with myself. And it's kind of, I don't want to say the only way, but it's the most connected way that I know to find my purpose when I get lost it's like I always go back to that and I, I came up with an image of it's like butterflying you know when but two butterflies go like and the other one is like I kind of follow my attention around and I visit so many places and like dark places just like open and dissolve into something else it's super interesting thank you there's this there's this related experiment, which is, it has to do with so many of us have been trained to give our center away and be adaptive. We essentially, we give our authority away. And so we can give our authority away to so many things. We can give our authority away to concepts or rules or social patterns or beliefs or old, you know, old comments from a teacher and the voice keeps going around in our head, this old comment like, you're just so sloppy or you're just so lazy 
or whatever. We have these voices going on and et cetera, et cetera. And, and so what the, the result of giving our center way and being adapted to all these external forces is that we go around through our whole day, weeks at a time, reactively trying to please external authority, trying to adapt, try to be fulfill other people's wishes of us, to try to fill a role, to try to mm, be seen as a good person or a nice person or to make other people happy. And, and we go this for weeks, you know, and especially, for example, if you have kids, you know, if you have a kid, for example, around, or if you've arranged to have things like dogs or cats or pets or a partner or neighbors, these are, these are, these things influence us. So we're going around kind of like one of these pinballs in a pinball machine, you know, ding, boom, beep, 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 ding, bong, bong, ding, dong, you know, we're bouncing all around like this. And, and then we fall exhausted into bed and, and, and then we can't sleep. And so we drink a glass of wine or take sleeping pills or I don't know what, and then go to sleep and wake up and keep doing it the next day. And so the experiment here is the same, same as before. As you get lay down, it doesn't have to be a bed. You lay down anywhere. You just stop. Absolutely stop. You just lay down and relax everything. And you make this commitment to not do anything except breathe or go pee if you have to, you know, and, until you decide, until you decide. So it is not a reaction to anything. It's not, there's, the voice comes, you don't do it. You go, oh my God, I have to, oh, you don't do it. I'm going to be late. Oh, no, no, you don't do it. You don't do anything. And, and you lay there for a, an hour, three hours. It doesn't matter how long you do there. You don't move until it's an authentic move, until you have chosen the move and you're sure of it. You know, that it, then it's you. And this is so it's such a core experiment. I hope I hope you guys can do it. Jeff, you were going to say something? Yeah, being here in Costa Rica has taught me so much about that. The other day we were we were I come out every morning really early and we were just observing this praying mantis just sitting there, right? And and I it it, it hit me like nature doesn't move until it gets a clear signal to move. It doesn't just move for the sake of moving or based on stories or anything. It just, it holds, waits, move. When it, like, when there's a clear message, a clear signal of go. And um, yeah, that was, it, it, I, I feel it's totally aligned with this. And it's been such, a, such an amazing lesson. Thank you. Yeah, I was just listening this morning to the recording of the study group. I think it was week 13. And Clinton, you were talking about self-criticism. And I made a pirate agreement with myself that I would put $5 in a jar every single time that I criticize myself for the next five days. And, and that has been very interesting. How much money's in the jar? So far, so I've made this agreement this morning. So far, there's $5 in it. So it's okay. going pretty well. Okay. 
Great, pirate agreements with yourself. This is the way to go. This is radical experiment time. Well, it seems like we've prepared ourselves for the part of the book we're about to enter, section 6F, page 126, called Entering the Liquid State. That's where we are. So remember, if, you, if you've got a thing, a question, if you want to hear more about that, just interrupt, okay? Just sort of turn your microphone on and start talking, and uh, we'll go there. Page 126, we cannot modify our behavior and create extraordinary human relationship without first modifying the thing that decides what we are doing, which, which is for the most part our box, our psychological survival strategy. The box, this, you know, this giant filter, this interface between our being and the world the box is one of the hardest substances in the universe, far harder than diamonds. And not only is the box resilient, it also has the uncanny ability to repair itself. You know what I mean? You get a crack in your box and puts itself back together the same old way. And ah, that's a bummer. Okay. You work so hard to get a crack and you have one arm through and then the thing just seals up and you go, ah, and you pull your hand back inside and there you are back in the box. We are asking, it's like, given these challenges, what procedure could actually cause the box to change shape? We're asking how to change a solid that has one shape into a solid of a different shape. It's, this would be like having a handful of gold coins and deciding to use the gold to form a statue of an angel. How do you do that? First, you melt the gold coins. As the coins melt, the gold is released from its disc shape and flows into shapeless liquid. The liquid is then poured into an angel mold. And after pouring the hot liquid gold, you do nothing. The gold cools down all by itself. And you peel off the mold, and there you have it. Voila, an angel. Same gold, different form. Since the gold has a different form, it has a different functionality. Function follows form. Previously, the gold functioned as money. Now the gold functions as sacred art. The same method is used on the box. The box is made out of solid beliefs, solid opinions, solid attitudes, solid assumptions, expectations, and so on. These components can find a new relationship to each other while the box is in a liquid state. So you get that? All these components reorganize with, with regards to each other. And that's fluid. It's fluid. It's a fluidic state when things are moving around. And that's the only way the, short, the shape of the box will. When the box re-solidifies, its new form gets a new functionality. 
This is how to make behavior changes and gain abilities that help you to create extraordinary human relationships. So you already know the value of changed functionality, or you would not be reading a book about improving relationship competence. You, what you may not yet recognize is the value of that liquid stage between one solid shape and the next. If you do not go through some kind of a liquid state, you get no new shapes in your box. And therefore, no new behaviors. I just want to say that there's a, a lot of ideas about how if you understood a new concept or a new model or a new method, if you understand the method, then you, you think that's enough. We think it's easy to think that that's enough to change our behavior, just getting a new if you understanding. You might have done a workshop, for example, that teaches a new method and you go, yeah, I got it. This, of course, this will work. And then you go home and the next day you did not do the new behavior. You go, I'll do it tomorrow. And then the next day comes, you don't even think about it. The day after that, you go, God, I didn't do it for three days in a row. I didn't do the new, because it's not the mind that has enough power to shape the box. The box actually has to go through this meltdown phase. So the secret for changing behavior is to navigate to the liquid state, navigate to the liquid state. And this is also the secret of creating possibility. And you'll see this if you watch any of those videos. It's like in less, in less than five minutes, basically, the client is experiencing significant emotions or feelings because the space holders, they know you can talk all day, nothing's gonna change that the point is to navigate to the liquid state. So watch how fast that happens with people. And you'll go, okay, okay. You know, the idea is after you watch 20 or 30 of these videos, you're gonna go, this, it's going to start becoming normal. It starts, it starts to become normal that, oh yeah, we can do this. Mad, sad, glad, scared, it's just there. It's right there. It's not some bad far off thing that I'm supposed to be afraid of or fix. You know, this is my life. It's right there. And I can just drop into it and this thing will start happening and then it leads somewhere. It's fantastic. So, so the, th the secret for changing behavior is to navigate to the liquid state. Whether the liquid state lasts for three seconds or three days, it is the way to experience sustainable change. For example, your organic comprehension of any of the ideas in this book occurs through releasing previously solid perspectives and passing through the liquid state in your mind, in your intellectual body of not knowing until the new understanding solidifies in your intellectual body. And that's the intellectual level. That's just the intellectual level. And so already so far, as we've been going along, that, that you have already experienced numerous intellectual liquid states. And those will, that, so you have a model for that. I'm going to do a quick dangerous thing called a screen share. And I wanna show you uh, this picture that's in the book. 
So here we are on the right side. I think if you look, you can see my little cursor going around. It's the map of the liquid state. And it's just a little picture of a box, box shape A. And then this tiny arrow in between, that's the liquid state. And it says without a liquid state, the box cannot change its shape. Without a new shape, the box produces the same old results. Only authentic liquid states leads to box expansion. Do not underestimate the value of liquid state. And I just wanna say that, maybe it says here in the book in just a second, but a liquid state in this case, we have five bodies, I think we'll get there. We have five bodies and each of the five kinds of bodies can have its own kind of liquid state. And so, uh, so it's not just simply feelings that are, what I mean by liquid state. It can, it can be an intellectual liquid state, like it says, like this state of not knowing, the state of confusion, the state of uncertainty. These are all intellectual liquid states, but you can have physical liquid states too. You can have a fever, sh you know, shivers, you can have nausea, you can have a headache, you can sleepless or sleepy or hungry or not hungry. Like all these things are liquid states. So you can have energetic liquid states also. Energetic liquid states are confusion about what's my space? Whose space is this? Where do I belong? What's the timing of things? These are all energetic liquid states. And then you can also have archetypal liquid states. And that's more about what am I doing here? Like what is really supposed to be happening? What am I really up to here? So, so yeah, so this, so the box from box A to box B, you could see box B and the diagram would have a completely different functionality from a simple box A. And our personal boxes is not as simple as those diagrams might indicate. So we have, it's more complex than that, but that also gives us more possibility. So, all right, so what does a liquid state feel like? Each of the, this says four bodies, but each of the five bodies has its own particular liquid state sensations. For example, physical body liquid states can range from 100% on, like being in the flow or in the zone, like playing tennis and never missing a ball, stuff like that, uh, with exhilarating power and no resistance to movement, all the way to 100% off, like feeling nauseous and being sick in bed for three days with a flu. Intellectual liquid states can range from unendingly brilliant clarity to confused blankness or stubborn disagreement. Emotional liquid states can range from tears of ecstatic joyousness to tears of despair, outrage, vengefulness, or hysteria. Energetic body liquid states can range from groundless spaciousness and total freedom and oneness with all beings everywhere to meaningless angst and existential chaos. And like I said, the archetypal liquid state is, this, is like that too. It can range from being totally on, like being the space through which your archetypal lineage can do its work in the world and you just radically rely on that, to being feeling just completely cut off and bouncing back and forth, jumping from river to river, like having no, no consistency, no, no faith, no flow like that. Like all experiences, like all experiences, the, the liquid state is completely neutral. 
So I just want to bring that, I just want to emphasize that, that it's actually a really affirming thing to go, I'm feeling this and this and this. In my five bodies, I'm in a liquid state. This is like getting this X on the map. You don't have the X on the map. You don't really get it. That stuff is transforming in you. And if you if you're just going, I'm uncomfortable. It's it's a bother. It's you know I hate this. This is this is a kind of a liquid state in itself. But you're like you, you think something's wrong. But what I'm saying is, while you're in this path, while you're in this journey. When stuff is happening, it gives you a whole new perspective on what's probably going on. Probably you're in a liquid state. So there are times, even in relationship, where, you know, just an hour ago, things felt super. Things felt wonderful. You know, there was harmony or connectedness or, and all of a sudden there's this, you notice yourself or the other person's getting cranky or getting you know, arrogant or stubborn or resistant or wanting to um, lie or get revenge or something. And if you just have it in your mind, you go, okay, all right, what's going on here? What's going on here? And look for the liquid state. It's very helpful to notice in yourself and or in the other person that it could be a liquid state going on. And so, and if it's what's tricky is if you're both going through different liquid states at the same time, you know, oftentimes if you're in a partnership, one person's kind of holding it together and the other one's in liquid state or vice versa. But if you're both going into liquid state at the same time, this can get very gray zone for gremlin. This can be a gremlin feeding frenzy of time. And if, and so keep your eye out for that it's possible that both of you could be going through a liquid state at the same time, take a deep breath, check your grounding cord, your bubble in your center and go, honey, I need about an hour, whatever. I'm, this could, don't even, you can't even bring up the conversation that we're both in the liquid state at the same time. It's not a safe space to do that. You just, just kind of put it on, put it on pause, like, you know, Get yourself an apple and eat it. Take an hour to eat the apple or do this in the bed, dark space, inner space meditation. Just do something, you know, just wait it out because there's a, I don't know, maybe you've seen this movie, The, the Peaceful Warrior. People seen the movie, The Peaceful Warrior. So that one of the things that's great about this film, hey, that was almost enough people have seen that movie. Usually I say it's not enough, but you guys have seen that one. So this is, I didn't have to say not enough this time. That's great. But in the movie, it has this part where um, one, of the, one of the tests or one of the, one of the um, exercises that the teacher basically gives the, the young guy in the, in the movie is to, is to, is to just sit there and, 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 and he finally figures out after the whole thing, he finally figures out there's never nothing going on. There's always stuff going on. And it was such a realization for him because he was one of those red brain, active board types, has to move all the time. There has to be a low drama. There has to be orgasms. There has to be problems like this. And, and he, he, he had this assignment to just sit on top of this old car for, for days. And what he finally came around to is there's never nothing going on. And so 
so what that means is this too shall pass. This too shall pass. It means whatever, whatever liquid state you're in, it will, it'll keep moving through. And you just notice it. You can just notice this, the characteristics of your liquid state. Wow, that's amazing. God, that really hurts. Oh, this is, oh, I have a story about that. And you be with it. And in this, you'll come out the other side and go, how did that happen? How did it, how did you, what happened to the liquid state? And it's, it's a, in a way, when you align with your liquid state, you as is the liquid state. There's this process called as is which means when you can be with what the thing is, it, 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 the storiness of it ends. The impact, the low drama charge on the thing goes away. If you're away from the thing that's happening, if you're a little bit away from it, you're not as ising it. You have a story between it. You have, you're trying to manipulate it or fix it or change it. And it's all it just the dynamic keeps going around and around. But if you just go, you get with it, you're just going to into the thing and you see exactly what the thing is. There's this and this, this is what happened. No stories attached. This is it. You be with it as it is. And all of a sudden the, the, the different, it, it's not there anymore. There's nothing separate. It's not happening anymore. I'm sure you, it's hard to talk about this stuff, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. This works amazingly well with kids. You know, if, if for example, if you, if you have a kid who falls down the stairs and they come crying and they're going, nah, 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 you know, you try to go, oh, it doesn't hurt or leave me alone or, you know, pay more attention next time. Don't leave roller skates on the stairs or whatever. But instead, if you take the kid back to exactly and go show me exactly what happened and, they, and you put him in the exact same position. So here I am on the stairs and I, I, I was thinking about my toy dog and I stepped on this and I my knee where did your knee hit it hit here and then my head where did your head hit right here on the wall right here on the wall and put the head put their head right on the wall again exactly where it hit it takes like a minute to do that and by the time you're done with this procedure there it's it's over the whole thing is over no story attached it's gone so this we're capable of that so I encourage you to practice as ising stuff by being really with the thing as it is with no story attached so that's what this says the experience the experience of the liquid state joseph were you going to say something uh, a question Kenton. It's, it's about so every state of being kind of messed up could be a liquid state actually or is it is every situation where i'm confused or whatever type of thing uh, is that a liquid state or uh, just try to sort it out a little? Yeah, it, that reminds me of something I wanted to say just before too, which is, you know, sometimes we have, people will have emotional reactivity. You know, there'll be emotions and you go, oh, it's a liquid state. But just because you have a liquid state doesn't mean you're going to have a breakthrough. It isn't just because there's a liquid state doesn't mean change is happening. It, it, Without a liquid state, no change can happen. If you have a liquid state, change can happen, but it doesn't mean a change will happen. So you, you've had lots of, so there needs to be a, a magnetic force, like an intention or a, a way to use the liquid state to have a, a result. 
uh, it, it moves through and comes out a different shape. So it needs to be the transformational force in the space. So it isn't a low drama space. Yes, there is a website about uh, as ising, but I was just working on it today and it's, there's not so much on it, but it's worth reading anyway. Mm, the, the, so, so what you said was, if, is everything like that a liquid state? I would say no. I mean, obviously no, because there's so much other stuff going on. You know, it could be just a gremlin throwing a hook, trying to get a reaction out of you. You react, you're hooked. It's a gremlin feeding frenzy. And that's not a liquid state. There's, there's also a lot of emotional. So for example, emotion, emotional triggers, you get triggered into emotional fear, emotional anger, emotional sadness, emotional joy, even. And you get triggered into this emotional stuff. And it's not a liquid state. It's just this emotional, it's like nostalgia. And a lot of us, as amazing as it may seem, we are nostalgic for the hell worlds. This is really hard to grasp, but we have, we are familiar with our parents yelling at each other, with our brothers, you know, stealing stuff out of our drawers and us having to hate each other, or, you know, they're on and on and on, all kinds, of, we're, we're, we're so familiar with that in the past that sometimes we get nostalgic for the hell worlds. And so we just, we actually create, we recreate, we invent circumstances and, and put ourselves back into these horrible situations that are very stimulating. They're not liquid states. They're just recreations of this underworld shadow stuff. So I think, I think you know what I'm talking about too. So there's a lot of, Joseph, there's a lot of stuff that can happen that it feels liquidy, but is not. But on the other hand, keep, keep your attention. I, I encourage you to keep your attention, your attention on the possibility that this is a liquid state and, and go for those, really go for the liquid states. So the distinctions between liquid states and other kinds of emotional, psychological chaos are, is a set of maps that has not been Cl clarified enough. So if you feel called into deepening that further, I think the entire universe would be happy. So I think it's, but it's an art form to distinguish, experientially distinguish between a true liquid state where there's this transformational stuff happening, this force field of evolution happening, and you can roll with it and just not, not react to the reactivity of it. And the difference between that and uh, and just the reactivity state. That's why there's this website that reactivity is so useful because it has really clear definitions of several five or six kinds of activity triggers that we can have and button hooks, triggers, traumas, imbalances, stuff like that. Uh, it's so useful to help distinguish if it's just reactivity or a real liquid state. I encourage you to check that out. Thank you, Joseph. And also, I, f I feel like um, to turn uh, emotional re reactivity into a liquid state, that's where all the tools come in handy of asking for good space holding and breathing and 
just being with it and assuming that I might have mm. something that I can dig out of there, like a gold, instead of just projecting it on the other person and being satisfied with that. Now I feel like we can really influence it becoming a liquid state. And I've had incredible results with being reactive. And at that moment, because of WhatsApp and Telegram and everything, doing a process and just going so deep without any extra effort. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Christine and then Giselle. And I just want to, yeah. yeah, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just wondering because what you were describing about nostalgic uh, sounds to me a lot about the definitions that are out about trauma and re traumatization. And I really feel like when you said, I really feel a call of finding more distinctions around, you know, what's a liquid state and what is nostalgia and what is trauma and how do we recreate that? Because I feel like from my personal story, I couldn't even enter possibility management without giving up the nostalgia. So, and I feel there's not the, I, I don't think there's much about talked about this no i i didn't see it yet so well, christina yeah. not only that this thing you're talking about is 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 the it's like the entire psychological therapeutic world has gone into this dead-end place called yes. re-traumatization and yeah. if you could get that out anyway any work you can do to help get people out of this dead end it'd be fantastic mm. So I, I think it's huge. I think it's fantastic. So please keep the conversation going, all right, and, and get your research team together or do whatever it takes. But yes, mm -hmm. it's really important. Well, I don't, I, I have no clue right now, but I guess I can do a work talk or something like this or, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. you. Call it how to re-traumatize yourself or re-traumatization for fun and profit. Ah. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thank you for bringing that up. Giselle. Yes, um, my question is when you are going through liquid state, you can navigate it yourself and, and you have more tools to realize if it's a reaction or if it's an actual transformation. What happens when you are holding space for someone and you are holding the space to get to, li uh, to liquid space, a state, feeling deep in deeply their feelings, how do you really can support that person for transformation and see that it, the transformation is happening and it's, it's not a reaction or it's a grambling? So how, that, how does it work in that, what it's your guidance on yeah. that? I mean, I usually, have a paper or my beat book with me in those processes. So it's about what I'm doing is splitting my attention. So on the one hand, I, I use, uh, and one, on the one hand, I make a note to myself, okay, this is, this triggered me. This, this is an unfinished hole. You know, there's a, there's something rich here for me. And I just make a quick note, but at the same time, as a space holder for, for like emotional healing processes or even transformational processes, the, the liquid states for the space holder are part of it. And this is one of the things I love about possibility management is that 
we are in the process with the client and the space. We are in the process. There is no superior, no, I'm the teacher, I know better, I'm finished, I'm enlightened, I'm through. There is none of that stuff. We are in the mud with the people. And, it's, and, and for people who have been trained in other ways to try to be a yoga teacher, you know, to try to be some kind of a, uh, an educator in a, in a college or a school, God, that's, or being some kind of a, even a spiritual teacher, you know, you're in some lineage that has mastery or uh, um, belts, you know, like these achievement belts. So you've moved up to black belt level first dawn and you cannot, you know, make mistakes. That you're not allowed to. This, this is, a, and for a person in those traditions coming into possibility management is really difficult because the mask, the entire st structure of the facade is, is, has the rug pulled out from underneath it. There is nothing to stand on as a, as a space holder or a trainer that is uh, solid, it is solid at all, point. And it's nothing to stand on this solid. What you get to do is you get to stay present. You get to fly. You get to dance with. You get to create, you know, keep, keep holding space and be in the process at the same time. So it, it is not a matter of staying isolated um, or like oftentimes I just start sobbing in the middle of, of processes with people. Really, it's just like, their pain is so big and it's so true. It is so true, this stuff that happens to people. And, or I'll, I'll just get so angry that, you know, about, about this process that's going on because it's, it's just accurate. It's just, an, that's how I need to participate in the process and, or scared. A lot of times it's really big fear. And so, and I'll say it, I say, this scares me. Boy, this really is, this is really scary. I'm shaking or, or whatever. And in the liquid state, holding space for somebody else's liquid state, this is the art form. This is how it goes. This is where mystery prevails. This is the joy of this, of possibility management for me, is there is no method. There, it is full out invention and full out uh, uh, improvisation. It's like, full, this is it. And that's when the nothingness speaks. That's when, that's when the void speaks. That's when your bright principles speak. That's when this, this magic happens. And it's not just once in a lifetime. <clears throat> it's like once an hour. It's like, it's really a lot. And so I think the more, the more you get into it, the more you can let go of the framework, the structure, the have to, the supposed to look good, the concept, the facade, just, just kind of, melts off from friction burn, from transformation burn. You know, there's a, the facade goes up in a puff of smoke because you're just moving so fast through spaces with people to be with them and then to split your attention and create possibility for them. And that's, so that's how it, so I hope, does that help what you're asking about? Yes, yes, thank you so much, yes. Yeah, cool, you. you're welcome. And the capacity, else? The, capacity the capacity to feel, to really feel what's going on with them, it it's it's becoming so much more powerful within me right now. It's um, it's really it's and, and it's it's staying on the ride. 
It's staying on the ride and not letting go, not letting go for a moment, not letting anything distract you. And there is no, you can read the healing process site and, it, and, and it's just being on the journey together. Shannon, yeah, Shannon, for you, <clears throat> I just want to say um, there's a, a fine line for you with regards to your own personal bubble where I don't get that it's really strong enough. It's like you, can, you don't have to thin out your bubble to feel what other people are feeling. Oh, and I don't. I don't have to do it all. I don't have to okay. thin out my bubble. It okay. comes in. It's like, holy moly. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. see, that's what I'm saying. It's not about it coming in. It's about sensing it. It's very different from letting it come in. It should not come in at all. That's what I'm saying about thinning out the bubble. Is somehow you're letting stuff through and to because you think that that's just how you feel it, but you actually try it with a very clear bubble, stay centered, and you might have to wait about a half a second longer than you wait right now. Wait a half a second longer and then you will sense it over there. You will sense it over there, not in your bubble. Okay. 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 Yeah. Because when you were speaking, I could feel you were thinning out your bubble. And as you were describing, you were thinning out your bubble in a certain way. So stuff would come through. And that's, that's not it. You can, you can, you're completely uncontaminated by this stuff. You really at all. And you can sense it over okay. there. Okay. And, and you know what, what I was relating to was not a healing process. It was a, it was an exercise and, and information came through. And so thank you though, for the, the bubble, the, the, yes. Yeah. The integrity of the bubble. Yes, exactly. The of the integrity of the bubble. Thank you. Thank you, Clinton. Yeah. I have a question about when you're, or me, when I'm in a liquid state and someone else is going through a liquid state and they're, or maybe they're being reactive to my liquid state and, and, and I feel like I can't hold space for them to like figure out their reactivity. And I don't know what to do in those moments. I just want to run away. That would be a great entry door for an emotional healing process for you. Okay. And so I would not want to over talk that one because it would sh perhaps shut that door. So I would encourage you to use that sensation of wanting to run away when that's going on as an emotional healing process doorway. Okay, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you for, yeah. Jeff, so go ahead. What, what, what I will say about two liquid states happening at the same time is that it's extremely hard to pull the door, the trap door and say, I, we need to, we need to take space for, for a moment. It's such a hard thing to navigate. Like I, I'm pretty sensitive about when we're both going through our, our shit, so to speak. And you can't just say like, look, I need, you know, I need an hour because that's, it's often met with, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Like, we, let's talk about this. Because there's a liquid state going on, it's like it's really hard to to create space in a in a in a in an expansive way, right? 
instead of a destructive way. It's really, it's really hard. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, we are such complex things and evolving things. And if you have your center, your grounding cord in bubble, and you can be in this space and you know you're in a liquid state and they're in a liquid state, you can still appreciate their complexity, the other person's incredible complexity. And mm, it's more than that. It's like there's some in the middle of their, of their liquid state from your liquid state, there's this elegance happening. There's a kind of sophisticated elegance that you cannot comprehend, you know, it's out of your out of your grip, out of, to comprehend, and it's it's almost like I don't know. I go to some art museum sometimes, and I look at somebody's painting. I go, "What the heck is that? You know, what is that supposed to mean? Like, why is that in this museum? Who put that there? You know, what kind of mistake is this? What, what kind of space were they in to have this come regurgitated out onto the the, the canvas? And so, and in this way, you, even though I don't understand it, other people do, or other people have appreciated it, or I can develop that part of me that does not appreciate that thing yet, right there. I have a chance to let this thing in me develop to appreciate the thing that's happening in them. <clears throat> and so you can, these are ways to work with that or play with it, is to, is to even like Jeff said, it's like so, difficult at the same time it's difficult at the art museum trying to figure out what that guy was going through and so you can just sit there as an amazing piece of art in front of you and go teach me you know teach me something show me open a door for me that I don't that I don't know about and just sit there and kind of make that as a question in your being and just let it let something happen you know god if somebody tried to hear what we were just talking about and they go you know, is this some kind of self-help? Okay, well, where's the help? Like, where's the help here? You know, you're not, there's no help. There's no positive thinking. There's no bright future, no out. You know, you, what, what we're saying is when you're in the swamp, stay in the swamp. When you just get to get to know the swamp. And when your other person's a swamp dweller and you're a swamp dweller and go, whoa, we are swamp dwellers today. You know, there's ways... I don't know, there's a lot more possible than just trying to make things better. Make things better is not, it's not, the, not the objective in an evolving life in a way. It's like this whole idea of making things better implies that things are wrong or bad or stupid the way they are right now. And what if they're not? What if you know, your, your concept is that this is wrong and bad and stupid and, and in fact, it is not? that if you drop the story about it's wrong and bad and stupid and just keep breathing, I mean, there's people, there's people who eat uh, fugu. Do you know what fugu is? Fugu is this Japanese poisonous fish, I think. This, and if you, if you cook it the wrong way or prepare it the wrong way, you die from this neurotoxin. But if you eat it the right way, it's wonderful. Or like there's this tropical fruit called durian, kind of smells like old socks and coffee mixed together or onions and garlic or something like that. And, and it, but, but uh, so, but it's after illegal, you eat it illegal in time, some countries. Say, say it again. It, it's illegal in some countries because of how bad it smells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's delicious actually. After you eat it three times, all of a sudden you go, God, 
this stuff is great. This pasty, gooey garlic and coffee smell is really, it's great. So but what I'm saying is like things can develop, we can develop. So a thing that seems awful at first may become a delicacy. And so that's, it's like, okay, how do you find the delicacy, appreciation of the delicacy? Because we're so complex anyway. Yeah. Christina? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, point out since we were talking about books, my grandma wants to say that I'm writing a book too, which is called, which is about the different layers of shit. And I'm actually writing about shit because I studied nutrition and I never really did something with this, but then I found out that I'm very fascinated with shit and I'm connecting it to feelings and emotions. And I hope it will be finished one day. I have some chapters and an outline and yeah. So that's what I wanted to share. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Your, your book will probably be the bestseller out of all our books, the one about shit. I don't know. I just want to write it. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you for saying it. That's great. Anybody else uh, tooling around with something right now? I just want to add to Christine and, and, and make an offer that <clears throat> I have a lot of pictures of shit that I would be willing to share with you if you want them. Yes. We're, we're going to edit this part of the film out, okay? This part's <laughs> a little below the line. It's gotten over the edge. I hope we put this in a museum one day. <clears throat> yeah, good idea. <laughs> When I was caring for my mom, these massive things would come out of her. And I was like, oh my God. And they, and I think it was because she had such great food. It was, it was amazing. And so, um, and sometimes they looked like things. And um, yeah, so I just, I felt such joy that you're writing this book. <laughs> okay, Clinton, I'll stop. No, thank you. It's uh, enlightening to say the least or in darkening, something like that. Uh, it's a dangerous question to say, does anybody else want to share something? Because one never knows what's going to come out, so to speak. No pun intended, of course. I have, I have something I'd like possibilities for. So when one gets stuck in reactivity inside the box and knows about emotional healing processes and working with it intellectually and... Um, physically and in meditation, what are some other ways to get outside the box or to, to melt the box that are a little bit quicker than what I'm going through? I, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm having a really hard time getting outside the box and it's more arguing with men that the patriarchy than it is anything else. And it's, it makes me sad. I feel sad about it. So I'm just asking for any other possibilities here. 
I just want to check if you have you have you looked at the reactivity website? Have you studied that? Yeah, I, I wrote it down to study it again because I haven't yeah. looked at it for a while. Because it, it really helps me to know if it's a button on my box, that somebody's just triggering a button on my box, and then I or a hook. Is there a gremlin throwing a hook at me trying to get my gremlin to react? Is it a trigger? Is it a trigger phrase that I call in like a demon that come to just suck my energy out and bring me into this turmoil? You know, is am I having some kind of an imbalance? Is it a voice in my head that I haven't shot yet? You know, each one of those can create a huge emotional reaction. And if I don't know which one it is, then I don't know how to respond effectively. But if you do know which one it is, the response is straightforward. It's, it's, and, it's, and it's in that website. It's really just useful stuff. So if you can figure out which one it is, and it could be, you know, three of them. And they happening two with one person and a different one with another guy. But if you know what it is, then you know what, what to do about it. Because you can't just automatically have an emotional healing process if it's a hook from a gremlin, that's not going to change anything. And if your gremlin is hungry and their gremlin throws a hook, you bite it, it's over, you're hooked. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it is about that. Um, maybe occasionally it is, but I think it's more about just wanting to be heard. You know, that, that whole old stuff, old shit of not being heard and not being seen or, or, or trusted as a woman. You know, sometimes I feel that I get being talked down to by men. Sometimes. And, yeah, a lot. <laughs> so look, this, what, 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 I'm, what I hear you saying right now, and I'm not trying to hog the microphone, but and what I'm hearing right now is, is this, that you're not negotiating. It's about improving your negotiating skills. Yeah. So if you're not heard, then you say, I want, I'm going to make a proposal. I propose you don't say one thing for five minutes and I talk and you listen. And then you repeat back what I say. And if you cannot repeat back what I say, I get another five minutes. And then, and then I'll listen to you for five minutes and I won't say a thing. And, you, and I'll repeat back what you say. And this is one of the thousands of different kinds of negotiations you can do to make it so you feel seen. And so whoa, take, take the chance to, to negotiate for what you really actually want. So if you can figure out, okay, what experience do I want that would be that I would feel seen? You know, you have to behave a certain way or this would happen or the, and negotiate for those conditions in which you would feel seen. Why not do it? And look at me, the guy says, I don't wanna do this. You say, fine, end of conversation conversation is over. Like the, it's just like a negotiating deal for anything. You wanna buy a used car for 300 bucks and they, they won't do the price except for 700, you go look for another car. And it's, it's that kind of, you're just negotiating, that's all. But negotiate for cool experience. Negotiate to create extraordinary space and experience. Negotiate for that. And that, and that is an outstanding set of skills to keep working on is just keep negotiating for, for extraordinary space. And, and you can do this. It's not, it's a straightforward thing, but you, you really need to, and it's, 
inter like uh, interview yourself, interview yourself about what you would, what experiment you want to do next, what you want to experience as being seen or being respected or being heard or being able to contribute or being able to see eye to eye or being able to collaborate. Like all these things, you can negotiate for them with some pretty specific asks. You, know, you can ask for a certain thing. Is there yeah. a website um, of negotiating? It's called negotiating intimacy, but I don't, I think it needs more stuff. So if you think of more, if you think of ideas, Phyllis, or if you think of something that could use, talk to us, okay? It's called okay. negotiate intimacy. Negotiating, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I was just thinking of Scott, you know, Scott's, Scott is with a woman. Can I say this, Scott? It's just, I'm just gonna, I'll add that you're with a woman from a different culture. So, so from an indigenous culture and, and Scott is not, you know, he's, he's a techie, he's a millennial, whatever. So it's a contrast between the indigenous cultures that Scott has this affinity for and the, the culture that he was born and raised in. There's a whole different set of language, whole set of thought forms that are different. There's entirely worldview is just so different. And he's, he's, he's successfully so far negotiated intimacy with this woman, his partner, who's, who's from a completely different culture. And I don't know to what degree she's negotiating with you. But I imagine there's something but you're also negotiating with her. And so it's, there's enough respect. There's enough um, convergence. There's enough resonance that you've negotiated this stuff. So there's this love can happen. So harmony can happen. So you guys can actually work together and do presentations and do processes and initiations and rituals and ceremonies and all that together. You've been participating in that. And that's a, like a success story of negotiating. So I don't know. I don't know, Scott, if you've written anything, articles or anything about that, but that would be really valuable, I think. Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> There's a, the book start, has a, the potential to have a lot of different parts to it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a rich, rich uh, thing that I, I want to explore more really even just in, just in teams of like how to have cross-cultural conversations and and um yeah thank you yeah thank you and phyllis i i didn't mean to interrupt you or anything so i just wanted to share that there yeah thanks for christine for putting the website on for people so and phyllis so i don't know if we were even close to what you were talking about yeah that's helpful anything would be helpful at this point so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, part of the problem is I just react so quickly. So it's really just about um, anytime I get into a conversation, having some words for cues for me, maybe that might help. Yeah. I'll go Leslie. to the website and explore it more. <laughs> yeah, but wait, Leslie has something. You know, actually, I see Lindsay has her hand up, but it, her her mechanical hand. Go ahead. Okay. First. Um, so uh, yesterday I I sat with somebody I've been in um, oh 
a context of community building and relationship and uh, working with for 25 years and uh, continuously getting into these power battles and uh, things and uh, came with, with Patricio's help, came up with this clarity that I have been putting on her the responsibility to hold me responsible. <laughs> and, and when I realized that, you know, first I had a, a big fear come up around, you know, what can we do about this continuing dynamic that I saw that I was perpetuating. And, um, and it just struck me that I, I, I was keeping myself from being able to do anything because I wanted, I want, I insisted that it was she who needed to make the way for me to take responsibility. It's like, wow, that was really amazing. And uh, I don't know where it fits in this conversation exactly, but uh, <laughs> there was a liquid state in there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Lynn, just thank you. Yes. <laughs> and Lindsay, we're going to come to you in just one second. I just want to just, Phyllis, if you could uh, name the thing, like if you gave it a name. So, for example, you could call it short fuse. Like, I don't know if you ever lit a firecracker and it exploded even before it hardly was lit because it had a, a short fuse on it or hair trigger. You know, a hair trigger is like you touch the trigger and it shoots, you know, and find your name for that mechanism and then find out where that mechanism is in your bodies. Is it in your energetic body, your intellectual body, your emotional body? Where is that trigger located? And, you, you know, that thing about laying on the bed and, 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 and like inner navigating, like investigating your inner world, find where that mechanism is, is located and, and just talk to it. Like get to know that thing. It has a purpose and you installed it. You installed the hair trigger at a certain time for a certain purpose that was noble at the time. And yet it's still in there. And, who, you, know, you know, maybe kids were teasing you at school and you just, you know, you had to punch them out before they pull your hair or something. I don't know what the thing was. But you can find out how you installed this hair trigger and then talk to it. Like say, okay, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add three seconds to the hair trigger, or redesign the hair trigger as an experiment, something like that. Yeah, and you know, I actually never spoke up until I was more like 30. <clears throat> this, I mean, you know, I didn't start this until I couldn't take it anymore and I needed to have a voice. So but I know where it, where it originates. Okay. What you mean your dad? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think so because that was his. Yours is different from his. You had to install it in yourself. That's what I'm saying. So you put it in there for a really good reason. You didn't just copy it. You had to build one into yourself for a good reason and find out what that is. Okay. Cool. Let us know how it goes, all right? Yeah, I will. Thanks. Thank you. Lindsay Elms. Hi. Hi. Um, 
Um, if it's possible, maybe I have two small things. I just saw that someone recommended never split the difference when Phyllis, Phyllis was talking. Um, yes. I just know a little bit about this book, but it touched something in me to see this recommendation come up. I'm wondering if you could, um, do you have an opinion on it or could you share a couple words on this book? I have a lot of question marks about this book. I know nothing about it. Uh, okay, so, okay, that's, and, uh, never, that's fine. Then. Never split, yeah, so I don't know what it means or I don't know anything about it, but whoever, it just came whoever up flagged in the chat. it, you could talk to them. Okay, thanks. Um, also, is it possible to be in liquid states for like um, a year? I have this There's feeling a, just listening that uh, this happened to me a couple of years ago. And I was in what we would call with this terminology, a liquid state for a prolonged period of time. What kind of path are you on? I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> See, those are really cool questions, aren't they? I just See, found your thing. book. I found your no, book for look at, two, four days I'm ago. Just, so, um. Okay. No, I'm recontextualizing your question. Because there are certain there are certain paths, there are transformational paths that are held spaces and that are about building matrix so that your matrix can hold more consciousness mm -hmm. so that you can be more radically responsible in the world. So there are paths like that. If you're on that kind of a path, then the short answer is yes, it is possible to have a liquid state that lasts a whole year long. I know that because I've had them myself several times and I know other people who've had them. So if, if you have uh, a kind of emotional reactivity of a triggered childhood neediness that has not been heard or recognized from other people, you can also go on a binge of okay. this emotional neediness. And it's not really a liquid state, it's just an addiction. You get right. addicted to this emotional reactivity and you think it's uh, something real, but it's, it's just an unhealed emotional healing process. It's an unhealed emotion, incomplete from the past. So that would not be a one, that would not be a liquid state, that's a gremlin addiction to a certain emotional state. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I can follow. Which was it? I don't feel it was an addiction state. So if those are the two choices, then I, I can cross, I feel that I can cross that off. All right. Yeah, I would guess that. I don't, I've never seen you before as far as I know. And, but in, a, in your picture's really small on my screen, but scanning you, I don't know what part of the world you're in, but scanning you from this distance, I would still say probably it was a transformational uh, evolutionary uh, liquid state. Okay, just think. I'd like to hear a comment from Jeff on the book because it was asked and now it's just in the space. Hi. Yes, thank you. Thanks for asking that question. Um, I don't see her still. Oh, there you are. Um, yeah, that's it's a book I read a, a long time ago and it was uh, it was it was really powerful for me. I took some insights from it. Um, there was fear in me while sharing it because it's not in the game world of possibility management, and I and I I felt that it it, it may um, raise some eyebrows. And I'm happy to 
talk about it. It's been, it's been a while since I read the book, but it, there were some strategies that were very powerful and some that maybe aren't so much so. Thank you. The author is a FBI negotiator and yeah, he, he just shares some basic like technical strategies for how to build rapport with other people. And uh, it seems to be like part of the book is, is sort of on the bent of like how to create winning happening situations. And the other one is sort of like, I don't know how to influence people. It's like, could be some shadowy stuff in there, but I, I also gleaned some really awesome stuff from it. Thank you for that, Scott. Thank you. Hey, Clinton, there's something that I haven't been sharing that I wanna share that came up while you were reading. And it's about liquid state leading to behavioral changes in behavior. And since I've been back from the lab, I feel like I've been perpetually sick. And every time I think I'm getting better, I get back. I, I feel I'm just, you know, I start to have like a, a spiral upward and then boom, I'm back down. <clears throat> and so there's, it feels like this part of me is res resisting the, the change. And I was wondering if you could speak to it. What do you, what is the change wanting you to do? Like, what is it? Like sometimes it might want you to sleep for a week. Sometimes it might want you to go vegetarian. Sometimes it wants you to, you know, I don't know, stop watching TV. I don't know what, what it wants you to do. Yeah, I, I, yeah, so yeah, that's it. It's, it's not participate. It's uh, just like exhausted, exhausted to even, you know, turn on the computer. <clears throat> and you think that's a problem? Um, what do you mean? What do you mean by sick? I, That's what I'm saying. Is yeah, that, so it started. It started with, um, you know, like sore throat and cough and congestion, which I haven't felt in a very long time. And that's easily just to just it's an easily a liquid state and, after a lab easily. Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then I'll start to feel well, and then the next day I'm exhausted. It's like it's it's and so. I feel like I'm in this cycle. And so, yeah, I, I, yeah. So I'm going to do the experiments that you suggested at the beginning uh, with, with the, the sensory deprivation and, yeah. and yeah. So Shannon, there's some intelligence. I, for me anyway, what I try to do is trust the intelligence of what's trying, what I'm, what's trying to be communicated to me. And so if for example, exhaustion, it usually means there's uh, an, this inner battle going on of a yes, no battle. Like this is trying to do that. And then box is trying to do that. And your being wants this and your box wants that, or you, your being wants this and your, your culture wants this, your society, your friends, your partner, your dog, like all these things want certain things. They don't want you to change. They do not want you to change because if you change, they have to change. Yes. And they didn't sign up for the program. Yeah. Yeah. And so this can often happen that there's this environmental resistance to your evolution. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? 
you know, so um, I don't know if you've tried the three days in bed procedure. Have you tried that? Three days and nights. About once a year, people should do it, especially edge workers. Like we just work our, our nervous systems to this edge and it's like once a year, you should next to you, no TV, no books, no phone, no nothing. And you, you know, eat, eat some fruit, eat a salad, go back to bed. You're not writing anything. There's no notes, there's no beat book, no realizations. It's sleep. You just, you just lay there. And when you're not sleeping, you tell your body that you are sleeping and your mind's doing this, whatever. And you tell your body, I'm sleeping and dreaming. And you do this for three days and three nights and it cures just about everything. It is so great. And so it could be, this could be what's calling you. It's the three days, three nights in bed. You just, and just tell people around, say, I'm fine. I'm doing an experiment. I'm gonna be in, I'm just gonna be in bed for three days and three nights. So don't talk to me, I'm taking no calls, no, everything's off. I recommend that. I'm gonna do that. I, yeah. Yay. The people who've done that. Has anybody else here done that recently? Last? Carola? Yeah, great. Giselle? Not cool. Great. Mark, you did that? Is that your hand was up? Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So you're in a group of you're in a group of weirdos. No, you're in a group of self-space holders. No, you're in a group of people who just like to sleep for three days and three nights. No, you're in a you're in a group of um, dream state searchers, etc. I did a uh, darkness too, so there was no light. There's a guy down in Oregon who sets up a space, and you can go there. And there's zero light. All the lights are blocked. All the windows are blocked. <clears throat> and he's got these uh, a face thing you put on if you need to actually go out of the enclosed space that's blacked out. But um, there's a lot of research going on about that too. It's easy to sleep in that space. It's hard to feed yourself in that space. He helps a little bit with that, but so. I can put anybody who's interested in that and can get to Oregon in contact with this group if you're interested in that. I also wonder if it would be sometimes necessary to have a group just for integration after labs or something that you have a support group because when you go to a lab, you have set, you're on this energy wave and then you come home to the maybe first home to the safe, same space before you can go to the next step or I don't know. And then it ta I, I feel like it takes a certain level of self-love and trust to really go there and, and take the time for the integration and not jump to the next thing or something like this. So. Yes. This is exactly the reason we really recommend people that be in possibility teams for exactly that reason. You got community, you have integration time, you have little baby step experiments, there's a sharing and a listening space, you got support, you got, it's really fantastic. To, and so it's almost absolutely necessary to be in a possibility team when you're doing that. It's really important. Thank you for saying that, Kristen.
I'd like to. But I have a but. But I have ah, a but okay. about this, because now the teams are basically most of them online, and I for myself find it difficult because I just had a talk with uh, with a friend of mine. She's also in possibility management, but and we were talking about holding like what what's withholding that's needed so much right now and i mean break in the, the teams rules. of course we can meet but yeah. yeah breaking the rules yeah yeah i mean gurdjieff there's a teacher named gurdjieff who died in 1949 he 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 really uh in reading his books i learned a lot about paying attention to attention and extraordinary spaces and how to hold space and navigate space. And there's great stuff from Gurdjieff. When he was teaching stuff, he was in the middle of World War II and he was in Paris. And, and they had a curfew in Paris. You know, they would just shoot you if you were on the streets in Paris. He, he had a meeting every Thursday night with a special dinner that he would serve. And so people risked their lives, they had to sneak you know, they had to work out teams and timing for all the soldiers, and they had to know exactly how to get from this place to that place without being seen. And it was in the early evening, he, they have to get there. And so, and they did it for three years or something during World War II. And so, you know, we're under our own recognizance. And, and so to be pissed off that there are rules or lockdown or, you know, all these things, it's you're still under your own recognizance. So whether you follow the rule or break the rule or change the rule or ignore the rule or like the all of it is possible. All of it is our responsibility. And so, you know, if you need to get holdings, then get holdings, really figure out ways to get holdings. They're just crucial. Those are healing. You need three months, three times a week, holdings, 20 minutes with somebody chain, hold one way, hold the other. There's a website going up called Holdings. It has pictures of how to do it. It's in the book, the Conscious Feelings book. Those are just crucial to get feelings. So, so Christina, it's like, so your question was, how do you get a holding? Well, if you need possibility for how to get holdings during this time, just go to your possibility team that's online and say, I need possibility for how to get holdings now in these times. The next three months, I want holdings three times a week. How can I do that? And then just get possibility from your team. Does that help? Um, that was not my, my question because my, my team right now is physical because I broke the rules and I'm even breaking them now and saying it on the recording. And um, my question is more that I feel like I'm very much outside of my possibility teams in Germany. And I guess I need to change that because I'm so much in touch with the guys I see here, which are basically in America. And, and I know there are people in Berlin, but as for some reason, we are not very much connected yet uh, right now. And that's why I need to change that. Maybe you just need to get on a boat, get over to Costa Rica and move in with Jeff and the team there. I mean, hey, come on. America, you know, is a bit sort of doubtful, but Costa Rica, this place has a bright future. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, cool, really. Thanks for the See? plug. <laughs> so no, really, really don't, 
life is too short to submit to constraints. So go do the things. Just really figure out ways. Go figure out ways. Cool. Thank you. Anything else from anybody else right now? We're, read, we're reading about liquid states. And about half of us are in liquid states right now as we're talking on this team here. All right, I'm going to read just for a few more minutes, just like five or five more minutes or something, then we'll check in one more time before we wrap it up. I'm on page uh, 128. It's the experience of a liquid state has no built-in implications. It simply is what it is and feels exactly like it feels. And I'm stopping right there because so much the tendency is to blame somebody else, to find a reason, to figure out how to fix it, to do to like really mash up this experience and we're not in the experience. Now, the invitation is get in the experience because it is what it is and it feels exactly like it feels. Okay, the liquid state experience, like all experience, is also temporary. Any stories that get attached to the liquid state experience are produced and sponsored by the creative genius of your mind, your box. Pay attention to the editorial slant behind the stories that your box generates for you. You know, the editorial slant is what's the purpose? What's the hidden purpose? What's the sneaky purpose? What's really going on? Pay attention to that. The test is to discover the purpose, of the purpose of the stories. Sudden reordering. So by sudden reordering, I mean the rearrangement of your inner constructs, of your box and your mind and your uh, mimetic, mimetic constructs. The reordering of those, that can apply to an individuals, to relationships, and to organizations. Families, companies, teams, they can suddenly reorder to a higher level of, of uh, elegance. All three of these configurations, individuals, relationships, and organizations, are also able to stay in denial and risk and resist an opportunity to evolve extreme ferocity. So if you've ever tried to, like there's been plenty of people who've tried to become a teacher to change the system from the inside. And yet the, the school system is, is, if anything, if nothing else, it's designed to defend itself against change, especially from the inside. It is so designed exactly for that. So, so it's possible for these systems to resist. Extreme ferocity, which means you get fired, you get uh, bullied, you get, I mean, there's really bad punishment basically for trying to change systems. <clears throat> when you are in any of these three configurations and evolution is knocking on your door in the form of potential chaos, although you were taught that the show must go on, you can also use the opposite strategy, 
let the show fall apart. Let the show fall apart. And I, I would encourage you to kind of somehow remember that. I think a number of us have get trapped into this show and it's so familiar and it's so common. It's so accepted. And that when stuff starts wiggling around where a reordering could happen and evolution could happen, and we put all our energy into defending the show. That if you if you get off it, if you go, ah, there's a little bit, there's this instability, there's this chaos happening. Let the show fall apart. Ride the wave. Surf on the chaos. See where Echo is trying to take you, the Earth Coincidence Control Office. See where it's trying to take you. Like if you... It, yeah, so I mean, like it's a little bit <clears throat> like Shannon, what you were talking about. You know, you 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 knew you were exhausted. You said it three times in a couple of minutes. You knew you were exhausted, and yet it did not put you to bed. So that's what I'm saying is you're resisting, you're just keeping the show going. But instead, let the show fall apart, vanish the show, fall into showlessness. What is your life like in showlessness? Go there, you know, let it, let the thing think. So <clears throat> let the show fall apart, stay present, stay involved, keep breathing and take the whole system into breakdown. Take the whole system into breakdown by intentionally navigating directly into the liquid state instead of away from the liquid state, you can save yourself a lot of grief caused by waiting for accidental circumstances to build up enough force and cause an, uh, even a bigger breakdown. You get that? So then, then you're, what you're doing is you're changing your relationship to systems. So relationship systems, like this is a standard thing for me is it's a, when when the when the relation gets in when the relationship gets into this cramped state is to take it into breakdown it's get radically honest like it's completely and 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 dismantle any any kind of show any kind of knowingness like i know about this or i i think i understand this or i've got it figured out what's going on forget it Take the whole system into breakdown when there's an opportunity for breakdown. Take it into breakdown and stay present and roll with it. Like let it move, take you through the washing machine and you'll be in alignment with bigger forces. This whole big force from the universe is about evolution. Take your little structural system into breakdown and it'll align with the bigger system of evolution. And this is a different strategy. It's a different way to do it. So it can save yourself a lot of grief instead of waiting around for it to get so bad that you can't hold it together anymore. So many people do this. I'm going to hold it together until I can't. And instead, when you get the signs that it's like there's this stuff going on, take it in a breakdown yourself. Then the universe doesn't have to hit you with a hammer. You know, it doesn't have to get you sick with some illness or take all your money away or have your partner sleep with somebody else or, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to take you into breakdown because you're rolling with it. You just roll with it. 
When doing the experiment of heading for the liquid state, remember that it is the box that goes into the liquid state, not you. You have a box. You are not your box. What you actually are is always in the liquid state. I mean, actually what the book says is what you actually are cannot go into the liquid state, but I've changed my mind. You're already in the liquid state all the time. You know, that, that which is real cannot burn. Let the thing burn and then discover what's real. If you include the liquid state in your concept of the experience of being a human being, of being in relationship or being in an organization like a family or a neighborhood or a company or a nanonation, then nothing is wrong or bad about the liquid state. The liquid state is the way of relationship. One, these liquid states are the way of relationship. It's not about coming together into some picture or the, the knight on the horse rides up and takes the woman away to some castle where everything's perfect. No, the, the liquid state is the way of relationship. The purpose of relationship is evolution. So when authentic liquid state arises, it is just a sign that you have an opportunity to evolve. Yay. Isn't this great news? I, I, I think we've discovered a whole new chapter in the evolution of this group. You know, we've had plenty of chances to end this group or give up on the group or get pissed off or hooked or reactive to the group and go, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. I'm not gonna do the, why? What's the point of all this, you know? How come I have to stand here with a yellow box around my head and have people shoot at me from all corners of the screen, whatever their psychological demons wanna say at any time? What, why should I do this? You know, like, so there's been plenty of chances to shut the space down and we didn't do it. We're still here. And it's not because we're holding some act together. We're here because when it goes into breakdown, it goes into breakdown and we just roll with it. I was gonna stop reading and we're on the top of page uh, 128 and we would start there next time. Does anybody have anything they'd like to share? Kay, go for it. Yeah, I've been on a journey to feel my anger and it's felt a lot like pretending to feel anger. But I noticed the more that I do that pretending, the more authentic anger like slips out, like, you know, I guess slips out from my box, um, <clears throat> you know, from the constraints of my, and despite my box. And so when you were talking about I forget the word you used about relationships, like making a mess. <clears throat> I'm really valuing this space for, like you really can't do this in private. Like you have to look bad in front of people. And um, so I, I, don't, I did something last night in my house that I've never done, which is just 
really tell the truth, let it rip to my housemates. Um, and there was supposed to be two neutral parties and then me and two of the, in relationship to me problem. And um, it's like, we, we, we broke this thing, you know, like in a good way, you know, we broke this thing that has been the elephant in the room that nobody wanted to talk about. And I don't know if I did it right or wrong, or I, I did it the way that I could do it. And I woke up this morning with a lot of fear and like, what did I do? And, um, you know, was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing? Like, because the two neutral parties ended up like also piling on them because they had all this pent up anger. And, but I will say it definitely, like, I, I love that I was here today and heard this. Like, it definitely feels like the beginning of something something different and Kay, can I mirror something back to you? Yeah. The way you're reporting about this, you're feeling a feeling that you did not identify to us yet. It feels like fear and sadness. Okay, well, it does not look like fear and oh, sadness. Joy? The way you're, yes. <laughs> All right. So it's like, hey, there's a part of you that's doing experiments, the alchemist, whatever, the sorceress. You had done a, a huge experiment. You took the thing into breakdown. Something's moving. You're, you're actually excited about what you'd created as a possibility for the whole household. Yay. And you ad admit that also. Also admit that, okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll give myself some fingers. <laughs> so thank you. I'm feeling a lot of love and gratitude for you and then Chloe, like for giving us this space. It's really something. I agree. It's really something. You know, but it wouldn't happen, Kay, except for whoever does the experiment, whatever wild ass experiment it is, you know, to actually do stuff, that's what make, and then come back and report like this. Here's your support team. Here's your team. You know, we're going to go, yay, Kay, yay, Kay, yay, Kay. And then you're going to do the next experiment. I don't know what it's going to be. Well, <laughs> I have to tell you something. My very first time on this call, I had the wrong Zoom link. And so I was like, I don't know, five or seven minutes late or something. And you were going around. I didn't even know what you were doing. I was on the call like seven seconds and you called on me. And I said, this is my first time here. And you're like, that is not what we're doing. That is not the question I asked. I was like, wow, <laughs> thanks for and and then someone else later in the call uh, said I don't know what you know this is like a half an hour later said well I don't know what the question is like and you said there is no question just say the thing you want to say I was like, what the fuck? and so anyway from that moment to this moment is uh 
a million gazillion kilometers. And I really appreciate all the space that you give. Well, now maybe, maybe you did before, but like so much space of receptivity for, for us to say, you know, the things that take a second to bubble up. Thanks for the feedback. Alrighty then, in lieu of making more space, let's wrap it up and have a great week experimenting, taking things into breakdown, surfing the waves of transformation, and we'll see you next Monday. Thank you guys, thanks a lot. You're the ones who make it happen, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you and bye. Thank you.